Rocking chair, chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone. And welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, volume 121, with artist Evan Roberts. Welcome, Evan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for biking over from the design district. Um, you're, you have a studio out there temporarily, correct? I do. I do. <laughs> um, we were discussing before you got here, um, Maria and I, about um, the opportunity we have with local artists that sometimes travel out of town and are doing part-time here, part-time in other cities. And you've kind of sort of been doing that, too. Can we discuss... Um, kind of like your Miami experience more or less like when you grew up here yeah absolutely so I grew up on Miami Beach um, and I would think I was around like 17 or 18 when I moved to Brooklyn and have more or less been living there for the majority of my time though I would come back here um, intermittently like say like in two to like two week to one month intervals to catch up with uh, my mom who uh, yeah. still lives on the beach. Um, so I'm fortunate in that I have family down here that I you know have a place to stay at. Otherwise, um, it, it it would be a little bit more complicated um, to cultivate a studio practice. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 down here now for cool. for the longest. I've I've been in years how does it feel uh you know it's um it it, it, there's a lot of feelings um you know nostalgia every day when i bike by certain neighborhoods and streets i you know have these thoughts flash into my mind of um memories and just sort of envisioning like what the neighborhood used to be like where it is now where the people associated with my memories are. Um, and yeah, I, I, I feel, I think ultimately, um, I think a, a, a deep love for Miami, Miami Beach, South Florida. Um, you know, even though much of the neighborhood and the town has changed, um, you know, because of just, I think the sort of narrative of Miami being like, so real estate heavy and, and you know, um, building heavy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like this city is an uh, integral part of my identity. I don't know. I mean, I, I I think at this point have been living in Brooklyn and Miami about equal, like equal intervals of time. So. Half here, half there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's still the the time that you, like the place that, uh, that you grow up in, it's kind of like, it leaves a, a deeper imprint than the place that you stay when you're adult, an adult, right? Is that what you're... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of coming to age um, narratives, you know, like memories that I have um, that, um, I don't know, that I think they... They, they not only sort of define me, they define my art, you know? I mean, it, it, and it's something, it's a history I share with my, my parents and my grandparents. My mom went to my high school. Um, you know, my, my family has a history, you know, in Miami Beach, you know, they used to own uh, hotels on South Beach. And, um, you know, eventually that sort of, uh, I, we, we, we don't anymore, <laughs> unfortunately, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it, so so there's like a, a uh, yeah, I guess just like a, a a history and a nostalgia there for uh, South Beach in particular. You know, I, I when I say Miami Beach, I'm I, I speak more specifically to uh, South Beach. You know, that's sort of where what I what I where I call home. Which high school was it? The one that both you and your mom went to? Beach High. Beach High. Woo, Beach High, we've had, I think, maybe one or two people <laughs> that have gone to Beach High. I love we hearing have, what people we had are. a couple of people. Local yeah. Miami-Dade public school system um, products, I think. Is that the one close to the library? Or is that 
Is there I'd another say one? It's closer near to like Alton, like when you cross the bridge right before you come over, like more towards the Julia Tuttle versus. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's on it's on Dade Road, which is a funny street because it starts in around 17th and ends up on 22nd, and mm-hmm. it's the sort of dividing line of like South Beach and like you know like Mid Beach area. Um, so it's closer to the ocean, but not by much, only by like a, a block or two, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, I could be wrong. I don't know about that. Um, it seems closer to the beach than actual like like west, like mm-hmm. you know, like the, the yeah, west side. Yeah, by the bay. Yeah, totally. Mm. I was curious um, about the differences you've seen because even on the beach as early as like maybe five years ago, I saw the drastic change from like 2014 to 2016 with what was going on in the Miami Beach area in terms of the buildings and stuff. How was it um, coming back and seeing how things have been like diversely, just like so real estate, real estate, real estate, like everything has just been transforming. It sort of feels like a tropical version of Times Square, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's sort of like a an electricity in the air um, that is subtle also because the heat um, it's it's not an energy I think that one picks up right away because there's a lot of beauty around that you sort of like draws your attention distracts you mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean like the the architecture I think is um, there's 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 been a lot of stylistic changes um, within the architecture, like in regards to the the buildings that are popping up now don't really sync with like older homes, like traditional like Art Deco. Um, so that's, I wanna say, I, I, I haven't quite formed an opinion around that. I, 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 I think that, you know, architecture should be responsible to the times and it doesn't really make sense for you know architects to continue designing art deco homes correct yeah if that's you know out it's how do it's i say always this always a contrast like sometimes it's like it's miami vice versus like the spaniard versus like the art deco styles and somehow they just they're forced to coexist. Yeah, you, you 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 can't live in the past, but there's also you know I feel like Miami Beach is very much anchored in in um, the politics of preservation. Um, you know how do you sort of cultivate um, you know neighborhood rejuvenation and like public utilities in and also you know not demo like timeless um, you know hotels yeah, or, 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 mm-hmm. or houses. You know it's so yeah it, it, it's it's really. I think location specific. I don't, yeah. I don't think you know. I I feel comfortable speaking broadly in in this sense because it is the history of Miami, um, but there's also a lot of history that I think is is being you know bulldozed over that yeah. um, should should definitely have there there definitely should be stronger legislation um, that preserves yeah yeah protects and, and makes it more difficult for developers to just erect these huge sort of mega mansions or you know structures that don't really aren't sensitive to the to the you know to to the neighborhoods that they're in um i always you know you see houses that just sort of go right up to the sidewalk you know Mm -hmm. and um i don't know i I don't know if that's the architect's fault or if yeah. that's the person's fault or, or just not foreseeing into the future that roads will have to be expanded and eventually it'll be really close to the road those kind of things um you've been working out of a studio in midtown which has completely i feel changed <laughs> from mm. what it once was in the past 10 years um yeah yeah just so incredible the kind of like renaissance has occurred there like real estate um stores art, all types of things. Um, can you talk about a little bit about the studio you're currently working out of? So I'm working out of a, uh, I, I believe it used to be like some sort of clothing store or fabric store. I don't know the, the history of it, um, but it's no longer um, a commercial property. Um, it's been vacant for quite some time. And I believe one of the uh, um, 
like developers mm -hmm. in Miami um, gave the property and has been giving the pro this and other properties to artists. Cool. Um, so my friend Typo, who is an artist as well, offered this space up to me. Um, he he uh, works in part of the studio as well. And um, so we, we share it in some senses. Um, and uh, but there are there are a couple other artists in the neighborhood. Um, it's it's an amazing space. It's like an abandoned sort of warehouse for the most part. It's really tall ceilings. It's the ideal studio in many ways. It's there's a sort of romantic air about that. You know, working <laughs> in a place that's just like, you know, no fucks given. You know, yeah. but um, it's it's funny because I do remember going to art walks in uh, the design district. Um, when I was in high school and it was a completely different vibe. Totally. It felt more like the Wild West. You know, people were just sort of walking on the street, mm -hmm. like drinking liquor. It was much more, I don't know, socially precarious than like what, what like one would think now. I mean, like going down 39th Street, slowing down for pedestrian crosses while like, you know, there's, it's, I don't know, it, it's sort of heinous in a like, I don't know, like beautiful way. There's like, cause, cause you can't help but like admire some of the window design and, and um, or the buildings and, yeah. and the buildings that, that are there. Um, at the same time, at yeah. the same time, you're just sort of like, huh, something is definitely like out of place here. There's something that's not clicking, you know, with like broader Miami and, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, how do I say this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, there's a lot there. It's a um, contrast, very large contrast. Yeah, it, it is. I think there's, you know, to have like such a dense pocket of wealth um, and commerce in a neighborhood, like more or less on the outskirts of Overtown and, or what, I, I don't know mm -hmm. what they call it Overtown anymore. Yeah, it's still called Overtown. But, um, and little Haiti, yeah, right? little, little Haiti. It's it's um it's sort of I guess I, I see it as like the bell toll, in many ways for um, lower middle income families that live in Miami, mm -hmm. like in in that that sort of neighborhood. Um, I know I know the Miami city, of Miami is is doing quite a bit to um was it renovate the the little haiti area or they're mm -hmm. they're demolishing that that neighborhood I, I remember seeing it on the public urban public projects miami dade yeah the, apply the sap magic city you know and I'm, I'm and i'm just there and, and i'm like looking at the application i'm like i don't i, I was thinking like is, I would live there. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, that's, I don't think, I'm just, I'm, I'm suspicious about, like, that application because there's, there, I, I remember this happened in um, East New York where the mayor passed this huge, like, um, like, I want to bill or this, like, a project to um, renovate and demolish, like, a, I don't know, blocks and blocks of, like, city projects. And, um, it was, it was a bit controversial because like, the, the average price, like, the average price to live there was just like, a bit above like, the, the um the normal family's income rate. So it's like you, they were doing as much as they could to keep it as low as possible, but still a smidge above. Yeah. yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of displacement. Yeah, I I I, I, I haven't um, caught up with that, so I, I I can't really say what what happened to that. But it was, you know, there was there was some uh, manipulation in that. You know, they they definitely want to sort of cater to the history of Miami, and you know, I don't know. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, the image we used for the preview um, was a painting, but you also have sculptural work. So I'm curious when you decided to, um, you left at 17, you started going to school. Can you tell us about like what kind of classes you took? Um, so when I was in school, I was uh, an ardent student of the figure. I love figure drawing. Um, yeah, that's sort of, uh, I still do to this day. 
Okay. Um, very militant about it. This is the um, picture that is on the preview. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when I uh, when I left school, I sort of turned my back on like traditional art and um, you know the yeah and and I and I just sort of wanted to do something new. Um, and I, I sort of fell in love with materials and process and abstraction, and um, it was a little bit of a departure. I wish I had sort of made that decision while in college. Earlier, yeah. totally. Um, I feel like you you, re- you, know, you regain your confidence but, um, uh, and lose the fear once you graduate. You just completely just go into your own. Um, but I, I, I still do love the figure. Um, you know, there's, there's something incredibly therapeutic about, you know, um, just sitting there and drawing somebody in the nude and just sort of being present, um, working with your hand and that, like drawing from life, there's, I, I can't think of anything that's, that sort of frames art as like a medicine more than figure drawing. You know, I know there's, well, yeah, to me that's like one of the deepest joys of, of art is like, drawing another person sitting down there's no agenda there's no political message it's just hey can I draw you mm-hmm. you know so and there's it's a connection it's, mm-hmm. yeah there, there's a connection and I you know to what I don't know you know that's a that's a metaphysical conversation um but I I, I think yeah there's something that and and it, it did sort of inform I think my work now and so far as like the line quality figure drawing helped me open up you know, it, it, there, there's sort of a, a, a performative aspect to figure drawing, you know, like you start to learn after a while, like, you know, how do I approach the figure? Do I do it standing up? You know, do I, like how far away from the easel? Is the, is the picture plane vertical? Is it on a slant? Is it, you know, is it on the floor? Like, how does this work? You know, there's, um, how, does that, how does that affect my mark making? Um, totally. You know, and there's, that language, I think, of how I treat materials sort of became um, one of the cornerstones of my practice now. So I, I, I guess it's wrong for me to say I turn my back on it because I, 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 I do... Um, Aspects of it are still being used, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I go to the Lincoln Road centers and there, there's another one out, you know, by, like, Dayland Mall that they have. Okay. You know, I, I forgot the name of that one, but it used to be at the UM, and I, and I would go there for years. And uh, the UM kicked, kicked them out. Oh no! Um, it, w- it was held in their uh, architecture studio. Or was it their architecture studio? I think it was their the art. Dep- it was in like the the Rainbow Building for the for the longest time, and uh, not anymore. So, but 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 they found uh, some studio space out out by Danland. Cool. Um, really cool, cool group. Um, we used to have some here as well. I think every once in a Salvador while. Salvador organized. Yeah, my studio neighbor. He. Uh, organizes the figure drawing classes too with yeah, Marla the here at the Bakehouse. Yeah. It also mm-hmm. used to be like a stable here mm-hmm. and then it was gone for a while and they brought it back here mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, what specific materials did you start to dabble in um, post graduation? So, I was very smitten by found objects. Right. Found objects, ready mades. Um, the sort of contrast that one gets when pairing objects that are gritty and dirty with objects that are sort yeah. of clean and have no history, if not just sort of straight out of the uh, the plant, you know? Connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there is a history, but just it not so um, just sort of uh, cleansed of, of the human fingerprint in a way. Um, but so yeah, a lot of my early work um, after school was sc- very, very sculptural. Um, I uh, was really inspired by, uh, you know, the history of Rauschenberg and just sort of like some of the materials and um, that, that I think spoke to my direct surroundings. Um, and uh, The basketballs for me when I, I saw them, it reminded me of like the courts when you're walking by on the street and you see the basketball, like kind of sort of the, not just the fence itself, but just you hear people playing and you're just walking past them. Yeah, and, you actually and, 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 and I think that in the big way is, is what that work is about. They're like, they're, they're notes on on, uh, on my surroundings, on the cities and neighborhoods that I, that I lived in. Um, just trying to respond to that. Um, but also a sort of... Um, there's a lot of experimentation in that work. There's a lot of sort of uh, uh, soul searching in a way, 
like who who am I in this medium? Um, and um, so I was doing that for a while, and um, I, I don't really think there's like any particular. I, I still love found objects, and I I um, incorporate them into my work. But I I think the palette of materials and ideas and interests has just sort of opened up that I can't really pinpoint or like brand my practice um, in a way that speaks to a particular or that pulls from a particular history or that only pulls from a particular history within the art within art art history mm -hmm. um, or uh, has pointed messages. I, I, I find that boring. I, I think there's a way to speak pointedly, but also works are interesting for me when a viewer can sort of like peel back layers of interpretation, whether it's, you know, political or personal or art historical or, you know, there's there's an ambiguity, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 I, and I stick to that. I really, you know, disagree with with the method of like you know where, where someone will walk into the studio and say hey you know i saw this on the news i'm going to make art about it it's like that to me is like you're you're kicking a dead horse man you know like i don't know that's um yeah i stand by that i think you know that's like politics now in art um it, the, the the landscape is is so dynamic and, and and it's shifting that you know it just seems like every, everybody's crossed all the messages are crossed and you know like works are more interesting when I think the the mirrors is pointed back onto the artist you know because I, we we all have our, our you know critical opinions on mm -hmm. on life and and whatnot and I, I think it's more interesting when when that can find a, a way and a voice naturally. <laughs> Um, or, or there's more of an organic um, message than uh, sort of peddling some political agenda on the outside. Mm. Agree. Yeah, I think that that is kind of like this decision that you you make as an artist, right? Where do you where do you start from? Do you start from within yourself, and then it's like always like the yeah, other personal is political too, right? Or is it like is it like from the because I'm making art as an as a woman, as a man, as a white woman, you know, as a but as a the, woman of color? It's kind of like this built into the work already. Like you making work as a woman, that's always going to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't need to. So I don't have to get like from the like what you're saying like uh, some artists start from the outside right and then kind of like yes but then it. I also always I'm a psychologist too so it's kind of like I always would say yeah okay there's a reason why this particular artist chooses this particular you know topic and it has to do something with the Or artist within too otherwise you wouldn't yeah you that's, know, that's, you wouldn't a, that's that strategy it as much. of of thinking and I think of critique is is very institutional and it's mm -hmm. there for a reason mm -hmm. and uh, and I think it should be there I'm, I'm not I'm not against it mm -hmm. um, but I don't hold it to be an absolute truth mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that that and, and, I, and I think it's unfortunate because a lot of institutions really drill their artists to take you know in quote responsibility for the materials mm -hmm. for their 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 profile their personal profile um, and And for, for, for good reasons, I, I think, you know, there's um, there's just a certain point where. There's more than one it, path. It, yeah. it seems sometimes it can seem dishonest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a low blow to, you know, all every, you know, but I, I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't believe I don't believe you like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't that's, you know, but uh, if it's there, if it's there, you know, if not, mm -hmm. it's not. I mean, it. it um. But yeah, like I said, I think it's very contextual. It's specific to the artists and what they're saying, how they're working, mm -hmm. and you know, I feel like these conversations paint with a really broad brush. So it's like, you know, don't get offended out there. If, you know, <laughs> you're, you're a woman don't making making you know like feminist work. Like, we're, we support you. <laughs> So funny of it. You spoke about reflective, and you actually use reflective material in some of your um, more sculptural pieces, which I really enjoyed. That had um, kind of like this drawn line made with um, physical tubing, 
Um, some of them were black, some of them were green, some of them were red. What do you see yourself drawing with these um, more three-dimensional forms versus just sticking to the paper and like pencil? Like, what is it that just brought this idea to you? Like, I have to make this three-dimensional off the page. I'm gonna butcher this answer, but I, but I, I, butcher away. <laughs> but I suspect it it comes down to performance, and and again the performance of drawing and sort of braiding the performance of plastic sculpture making and drawing and and somehow like in the studio tossing and tumbling materials and um, I mean I can tell you I, I, I the idea just popped into my head. Um, Those there's are the best no, ones. Yeah. There's no sort of like, you know, crunching on, you know, eight by eight hat, like what is it, eight, eight by 11, like notebook paper, like late at night. It's just, um, you know, you, what, what was I doing? I was cleaning my studio. I think I was cleaning my studio and my mind was very relaxed. And I think I had given up on certain pieces that I was working on. So there was a sort of openness and vulnerability and maybe there was some sort of i was i was uh in a in a better place to sort of receive an idea i don't know i i, I always like to think of the artist as like a operator for you know like a higher power that can sort of um that sometimes whispers you know there's what was that uh there, there's a great book by robert pressfield called um the the war of art and he speaks to this idea of uh the muse or the muses mm -hmm. having to uh finding finding their way into the studio mm -hmm. and you know and it's not so much about like doing it right the first time it's it's showing up and he was, he, it was interesting hearing how he spoke about this because he was using corporate analogies. Like, no, you go in there, you clock in, you clock out. Totally. And and that's the only way to like appease the gods or appease the muses. And and you know, and every now and then they'll like see you and they're like, all right, he's ready for this. Let's kick him a bone here and there. And there's sort of, um, and and it's a romantic idea. I, I but I mean, m there's a lot of failure that underscores my practice so at this point I'm, I'm it, it's it's an uplifting narrative that I, I cling to as an artist because I mean at certain points I feel like a lot of creators just feel like they're bleeding money out they're putting their you know emotions out there and and you know rejection is always on the forefront always and so so there's a sort of you need I don't want to say you need to but um yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage to, 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 to make art, to be a painter, you know? Um, I mean, anybody that, that deals with, you know, the commercial art world, I think, knows this, um, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I would suggest, you know, to anybody out there to read that book. It, it, it helped me, um, I think, understand some of the mindsets and some of the guards and uh, that, I, that I had to sort of build up and cultivate within my practice to, um, I don't know. Keep going. Sort of, you know, plant the seeds of a more of a long-term uh, studio practice in, in, in our career, should mm -hmm. I, dare I say, you know? Because yeah. one can be successful as an, as a, as an artist and, and make a career out of it, you know? Um, it, is, it is possible. It is. Cool. That is uplifting. It is uplifting. <laughs> um, and I think it's true uh, what you mentioned about like clocking in and clocking out. Like sometimes it is not about just you you draw something out and it happens and it's successful. Like I think there is a lot of failure that's involved um, in the process of creation. But that, that failure eventually leads to success, I feel like, if you just continue on the path. Not forcing something, but leading to another solution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful. I like that. You know, there's a sort of it's like a system of checks and balances, you know, like a, a, a like learning not how to do things. Is yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm just so tired of seeing like you know like the bad boy artist trope. You know, like I, I fucking hate that shit, dude. It's like you know the artist pulls up to his solo show wearing like a black leather jacket on his Harley, and it's like 
<laughs> fucking, it's it's disgusting and it gets under my skin because it's like, it's it's such a terrible narrative to like pedal to like the greater artistic community. You know, I like like artists need to support each other because like it, I don't know. You can't do it alone. I think. I think. Um I think that is also like what this what this project is also about about right that there is like a community here in Miami in South Florida right now that I feel like yeah has a lot of this uh, also lifting each other up right it's yeah, it's, it's also like hey it's hey I know somebody you want a photographer here's a list of photographers and it's or you not want somebody just about doing this, yeah we're all trying to kind of like yeah we're all trying to kind of make a living and you know and we have to keep it's not as cutthroat it's, it's not like, as cutthroat and I think that as you mentioned like for example you have a friend who's like oh hey let's share the space whatever and for here I feel like when I need something I'll have a list of friends that I could reach out to and be like hey I need yeah. assistance installed tonight would you be available and they're like okay I'll bring my drill and my level and so I feel like there's a, a space for um, but I feel like support. there is also this tra trap right in the art world that is like there is a finite um, number of galleries for example that's the other side maybe in Miami where there's way more you know of that in New York where there's like okay where there are like so and so many artists like you know kind of like auditioning for that spot you know or for that spot in that exhibition or that yeah, but brand that's, that's, like, that's such a contemporary mindset again yeah, totally. because look at like artists like what Terry Winters didn't have his first solo show till he was like in his mid 50s like you know there are so many artists who follow that trajectory and I think like the younger um, like younger generations just don't understand that mm -hmm. like you know classical artists died like making their their best work, you know, their their magnum opus, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, that's sort of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think most artists deep down want to sort of build up slowly, but don't m maybe just get caught up in this sort of like, you know, image economy and, and fast paced um, turnover um, that, I don't know, galleries push and I, I think institutions push in a big way. Yeah. And I, I don't blame them. I just think it's good to sort of see it for what it is. So mm -hmm. when you're like an artist and you know, you're sort of seeing like certain people move up into certain places and you know, that's treated with a grain of salt, man. Cause I've seen artists fly to the top and fly right down. And like, you know, I, I would much rather enjoy, you know, success or accolades later on in my career and mm -hmm. like have this moment you know in my 30s you know to sort of like stumble and suffer and make mistakes and so work true. while I still have like my you know like my body to be able to do that like it would suck if you're like you know like later in in, in, in life trying to do that like no like work work hard mm -hmm. like work hard when you're young and mm -hmm. build up to that you mm -hmm. know um but yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's something that like, well, you know, you hear that term doomer culture, you know, doomer, doomer, like the doomer, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who's just like growing up in all this craziness and who's just sort of lost hope and doesn't, you know, like, like it's like why am I here, you know, and 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 the the doomers suffer from depression and you know they they use other like you know social media as escapism and it's sort of you know, taking on this sort of identity within meme culture, you know, you see like, it's, it, I, you know, you know, look, it's entertaining as fuck. <laughs> like, but it's, it's Is scary. it like sad Keanu Reeves memes <laughs> and stuff like that? <laughs> no offense, Keanu Reeves, it's out there. We love Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves is amazing. I know, I love So him. amazing. Yeah. Have you seen that video of him giving up a seat on the subway to like someone? Like there's a fan like, just covertly filming him on the subway, like that's Keanu Reeves, and there's this lady who gives up his seat on the subway to this lady. I mean, he's human. I think I like that a lot. That he's human. Yeah. You can't lose. You can't lose that humanity. I feel, even as an artist, because sometimes yeah. I recall talking about grad school and or school in general, and sometimes the things that you are told by other people that have been in it for a lot longer than you have. And there was this one artist who I won't say who, what their name was, but they were like 
you're in a competition. Like, these are all your competitors. This is a docking dot world. Like, you have to, like, rise to the top. And I was just like, whoa. Wow, that's so, that's that so, is like, so intense. That yeah, is no, not that's, what that, I want. Those are very, that's a very destructive sentiment. That was and, so, And, and yes. it sort of, like, you know, frames this, like, vertical orientation about, like, you know, there's a hierarchy and there's a ladder and you need to show it these galleries and, and you, you need to, to, like, hang out with these people. kids. Totally. And, it's, it's not. And, um, you know, I believe in karma in this life or the next. And I, and I think the universe keeps a, you know, an accurate, mm -hmm. you know, tally of these things. And I would, you know, strongly suggest that, you know, artists don't do that. But, you know, I, I know that's not realistic um, because, uh, you know, when when money gets involved and I think careers get involved, then, you know, it's, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm not I'm trying to think like I've definitely done that in my past and, and I regret it. You know, and I like now I think move with more grace, but it's grace that has been cultivated through failure. And like, I think grace that has, yeah, been like, it, it, is it worth friendship to like, you know, or mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I, I that. That sentiment really disturbs me. Totally. You know? No, I was I'm sorry very, you had I was, to hear that. I was I, I, very disturbed. It was like my first semester and I was like In New York? Yes. I was like, is this really happening? But then you also had um, very positive experiences with artists who were like, Oh, I have a show opening for my gallery that represents me in New York. Do you wanna to come to the opening? And it's like, wow, like this person's being giving of themselves and is willing to talk and is just being positive and um, mentoring you versus yeah. trying to say like, Okay, you're, you're, it's you against the world. So I think you have both um, sides and you choose what side you want to be on kind of like the force it's so funny you pick what side you want to be on and something that is that Star Wars right I don't know I just I geeked out for a sec <laughs> but something you mentioned which I think is very accurate is that kind of like you don't have to go down that route you know and if you do accidentally go down that route you can learn from your experiences and be more positive and not altruistic necessarily but just Kind to others. Yeah. In yeah. Insert quote from Yoda right right now. <laughs> Is that pain leads to suffering? <laughs> suffering leads to the dark side. <laughs> so true. It's, really it's so true. Um, I love Yoda. Yoda's really. I cool. wanted to ask you in terms of school, what was a highlight and what was something that you're like, I'm not gonna let this break me because we you've all had that like that that high and then that that low when you're in school what was it for you and you you were 17 right and you went directly to art school or did uh, you after, do after i left high school so whatever year that was mm -hmm. i i think it was like 18 or 19 mm -hmm. 17 and 19 i don't i don't remember mm -hmm. but um but you knew you were gonna go to art school you knew yeah. that yeah yeah um highs and lows of my uh my art also i i should preface by saying it took me eight years to get through undergrad um so it was not a it was not a walk in the park it was not a straight shot okay um uh Lowe's, you really liked school oh yeah i loved it i just wanted to take my time you know I, you know i just doing you know four credits per semester you know it's just expensive. going slow um i don't know i think that there was lows you know I, I think I definitely had some professors that um, were not supportive, or maybe they were, and I couldn't tell. I don't know. I mean, um, I, I made my, I made one time I made my professor cry. Um, wow. Was your artwork? No, she wanted me to like clean up some mess, and I like flipped out, and I was like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> And I feel bad about it now. I don't know. I can't really say. I think you know. I think, in in hindsight, my my experience was good. I think I was just sort of like in an immature headspace at that point in time. So I couldn't. Re so like, I don't technically blame like my professors for like consistently flunking me. You know, like because like I was crazy and that's what they're getting paid to do so I don't know I, it's hard for me to speak about the lows um, understandable uh, I'm trying to think yeah I mean the critiques were could were were pretty br were pretty brutal were they constructive say. I'm curious because like some people do get 
like constructive feedback like that actually pushes them towards finding success in the failures that they've made mm. versus some comments that you get are just so uh, wasteful. Like, yeah. you could um, have done something else with hurtful. your time. Or hurtful. Yeah, I actually had, I, I recorded my crits and uh, I, I listened to them like a while, like, you know, about a couple years ago. And I realized, yeah, they were, they were good. Um, uh, highs, um, I learned a lot about materials. Um, I, th I feel like the quality of my work, like going through grad school, I mean, not I, I've, I've been, uh, been to grad school, but taking my time in undergrad um, really sort of, I think, helped on the outset, like helped the quality of my work blossom in, in certain ways that, um, but I don't know. I mean, it was interesting. Like years later, my my college reached out to me to take part in like an alumni um, exhibition. How you know? cool was that? Yeah. Yeah, and I was sort of like, "Are you, you guys have like the right person?" Like, I I don't Are you sure you it's know. Me? Did you? Yeah, is no. It, it was, I, was, I was concerned. I didn't want them to like go back and like open up like you know like my 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 profile, my report, behavioral were, problems. Yeah, no, and and you know. Everybody's immature in, in school, but I just, I was like, wow, that was, that was very nice. I feel like I, you know, sort of came came full circle in, in some ways. I, you know, um, that was, so I feel good about that. Um, yeah, I don't know, school, school. I think, you know, I just, in, in, for, for me, like it's, 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 and I think for a lot of students and, and young kids too, it's really hard for them to pinpoint like a, tr like a career trajectory or a medium and to absorb all this information That's at that point in their age. life. Yeah. And that was me. That was like, you know, I was somebody who sought escapism in like so many different facets. And, you know, to sort of sit down and treat this like, I don't know, with like the elegance and grace and, you know, like that, I don't know, like one would approach like a like higher education was just not on the, that was not on the table, you know. And I, I you know, I was I was very rebellious. Um, so would I have done that now? No, but you know, I was like fucking eighteen. You yeah. know what I mean? In Brooklyn, and like I wanted a party, and like you know, just run around and like be crazy. And that narrative found its way into my art too. You know, um, so I don't regret any of my history, you know, but um, I, I see it as, you know, like a cornucopia of like positives and negatives. Totally. You know, there's everything is informative in, in some way. You know, you can't think about these these experiences in, in, in binary. You know, it's like there's there's a spectrum. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I've, I have faith in millennials, you know, um, I really do think you know I, I i i see millennials and kids on the street and, and they're they just they're smart these kids are smart you know and i i th there's a sort of saving grace or like a i don't know a, a a hopeful uplifting you know vibe that i get from like going because like i i my my old college pratt institute is um uh, not too far from where I live in Brooklyn and, and it's a public sculpture garden. It's a beautiful uh, public sculpture garden if you're ever in Brooklyn. Um, and, I'll, and I'll walk through it often. And uh, I, I see the students and they're like, you guys are fucking great, man. Like, please, like, go, like, change the world. Like, help. Like, we need, like, you know. Totally. But, yeah, I don't know. It's generational. You're talking about um, running around and stomping grounds. What were some of the favorite um, art exhibits that you experienced um, as a, as a student when you were just like you know going through these like what am I doing finding materials? What were some of the shows that you're like wow? Um. Okay, I think uh, you guys familiar with Mike Nelson, his work. Did I, am I saying that right? Hold on. Let me take a moment and Google this guy. I want to make sure I get his name right. Describe what you saw. The that Brazilian you were guy? Hold on. Oh, it was not Mike Nelson. It was a... I could be thinking of someone else. Hold on. And also, um, Maria's going to have one last question for you after you find out um, the name. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, there, there, there's a bunch of artists. There's too many, too many shows. Yeah, I, it's, it, it's hard for me to think right now. There's... um painting versus sculpture or was it all just like 
Um, no, mostly mostly sculptural. I think um, I was uh, I, I always because at, at that point in time I was doing a lot of like traditional uh, work, and uh, I, I enjoyed seeing exhibitions that sort of or, or artist work that was very different than mine. And um, yeah, um, an attraction to the opposite of what you're doing. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, my last question before Maria asks hers is, could you tell us a little bit about the exhibit you have coming up next year that I know that you're working on a new body of work? Oh, there are a couple, or is it top right? secret? Yeah, please discuss anything you have upcoming. Uh, yeah, so. There's in Germany? You're gonna be in Germany too? I am, I am. Yeah. I'm, um, November, um, I think it's 18th, I, I have a, an exhibition, a solo exhibition at uh, Kunzveren Bremerhaven. Um, Bremerhaven. Brem yes, yes. <laughs> You're going to have to help me pronounce that. Um, Kunsthalle Bremerhaven. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, you know, obviously, I've, I've never been there. It's like a town in northern Germany. Yes. I think it's like a port town. Mm -hmm. It um, is. Uh, pretty Very cool. Very good food. But, uh, good fish. Great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The, the, the venue's great. I mean, it's an awesome institution, and um, it's, it's a lot of found object work. Um, uh, a lot of things that I made 2017, 2018, um, and I think one or two, yeah, like two, two new large sculptural uh, site-specific paintings. Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be exhibiting with Primary Projects in February uh, 2020. Um, in their new space. In, in the new space. In, uh, yeah, Little River. River. Little River. Um, and yeah, you guys are just going to have to come to the show and see, you know, see the magic. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. We're going to be there. Maria has um, one last question. Do you have a title yeah. already for the show? No, I'm, I'm flirting with a few. But, mm -hmm. um, you I love know, that description, I, uh, flirting with a few. I, yeah, no, I mean, it, I'm, I'm a lot of the work I, is, is going to be in, in, in form. The, the title, for sure. The, mm -hmm. the title yeah. and, and, you know, um, uh, sort of like the idea around like the exhibition as a whole because it's, there, there are multiple bodies of work that are going to play off each other and, mm -hmm. and also the, the gallery that, their gallery is a beautiful architectural structure. So yeah. there's a dialogue between that and the work. So how that sort of, you know, how that goes, I, I think, you know, we'll all, you know, solidify something, hopefully, you know. Totally. Oh, wait, before you ask your question, Maria. Okay. Are you going to spend some time in Germany, too? Are you going to yeah, be... Yeah, I'm going to be out there for, for, for two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I work with a gallery out there in Cologne. In um, Cologne, yeah. So, um, so you've been there already. I, I spent about a month in Cologne in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful city. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I had the good fortune of... Uh, um, I, I was in Cologne, I went to Nuremberg, and um, Essen, I think. Mm -hmm. um, got, yeah, I got to see some Germany, so. Berlin? No, I didn't, I didn't go to Berlin. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, I think I wanna go see other parts of Germany before I go see Berlin, mm -hmm. you know? I, I, there's a lot to see. Yeah, mm -hmm. there is, there is. Before Maria, I just, your usage of multiple uh, medium pieces that have as you said, a discussion, I saw some of the pictures on your website and it looked like an exhibit and you had a little bit of painting, you had a little bit of sculptural pieces and you had a little bit of like the ones that were like in between. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that you, what made you decide to include all of those and how do you feel they talk to each other? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a, an answer for that. I think that, you know, the, the work um, just is and it isn't like a body of work that I see like defines myself there's always opportunity I think to exhibitions are opportunities to experiment and try new things um, you know there's always going to be incentive I think on the gallery's part for some sort of uh, return whether it's like press or, or monetary or attention or whatever but um, I think that I, it's I, I I try and use exhibitions to experiment as much as I can. Yeah. Um, you know that's a conversation in and of itself. But when it comes to like this this idea of like whether it's like an installation, a wall work, a sculptural wall work, or or a sculpture, um, or, or just a painting. Um, I 
I don't know, preference, maybe. I, I mean, I, I w w was always drawn to solo exhibitions from artists that sort of felt like group exhibitions, where that they're, the work in and of itself is more poetic mm -hmm. and you know, speak to different ideas and approach maybe the same idea from different angles, um, opposed to just the repetition of one idea over and over and over again. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's just, like I said, preference, you yeah. know, there's, um, and maybe perspective. Totally. Um, so. That's a valid answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. So our very last question um, goes like this. You've been sitting in a magical rocking chair and he grants you three wishes. You can wish for anything and everything, <laughs> but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. These are the rules of the rocking chair. Okay, yeah. So what are your three wishes? Wish number one, uh, it's pretty straightforward. I wish for UFO disclosure. <laughs> All right, wish, wish number two is a private line or phone number to the IRS or New York State Department of Taxation and Finance so I don't have to wait four hours when I call them to speak to a customer representative. <laughs> I think this is linked with the UFO reveal. I think those two go together. And, really. and wish number three, I want, I want someone to invent a fucking lightsaber, man. Like, how do we have cell phones and no lightsabers? Like, how? Like, we we have so much. We have like iPhones that like can identify our face, and we have. Satellites, you. we don't have a lightsaber. Make you young, all types of things. Like, come on, man. I know, like, somewhere in Area 51, you guys have lightsabers, man. <laughs> like, I don't... You ever stop to look at a lightsaber? It's like nuclear fission, and the guys are holding it. Like, how are their hands not, not just, like, off. you know, incinerating, holding a lightsaber? Um, I don't know. I, that's, yeah, I would, I would be stoked to see that, even if I couldn't own one, but just to, like... Just to know just that to it know exists somewhere. That it, that it exists. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. Thank I, you I, for yeah. stopping Thank by. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. If anybody's in Germany in November, please check out Evan's show. Also, look forward to Primaries Projects February 2020. Any specific day or not? Not just TBD. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. TBD, February 2020. We're going to be linking your website to ours. People can look you up, and we're grateful that you stopped by. Hang out. I'm grateful too. Thank you for having me. Plus, your studio session. Thank you. Yay. Bye, Bye guys. everybody. We're going to be back next week with a new rocking chair session. Bye, y'all. Bye.